Welcome, welcome, and welcome to another exciting edition of The Doghouse. My name is Will, and I am your host of the official podcast of the best fantasy football league in the nation. Nay, the world. That's right. I'm so glad that you joined us today, and it was a brilliant decision of yours to join us today because we have so much going on. We, of course, have an episode MVP. We have a bunch of trades to get to in the news. We also have a week five review. Uh, we review an old trade, and we'll always have a random stat. Uh, but as always, let's start with a roll call. The roll call is I am by myself in the parking lot of my daughter's dance class once again. Uh, I tried this out uh, for the last episode where I recorded while she was in her uh, dance. It's one of those things where you can drive home, stay there for 35 minutes and then drive back, or you can just stay here for the hour and a half or whatever the time ends up being. And so I decided I wanted to uh, uh, do a recording. I wanted it to be uh, in this little downtime that I have because I also uh, don't want to stay up till midnight tonight. So uh, I'm glad that you tuned in. I was able to listen um, (laughs) to a few seconds of the last episode and the one before that to try to figure out exactly where uh, we finished off on a couple items. And the uh, the speed at which I was doing the last podcast was really, really um, unbelievable, actually. I had no idea I was going that fast. Um, I know that I can talk that fast. I didn't know that I was speaking that fast. Um, interestingly, I'm usually recording at night while intoxicated, um, and I've actually uh, not been drinking during the week weird, I know. Um, but that was the, probably one of the only recordings I've ever done where there wasn't alcohol on board. And apparently alcohol slows me down where I don't need to actually think about my pace. Uh, so I'm trying to be a little bit more aware of my pace today. So I don't come off sounding like the micro machine guys from the eighties. But anyway, that's enough of the housekeeping. Let's go ahead and start with the, uh, where do we always start? We always start with the episode MVP. Well, last episode, we did not have any trades. Uh, So when we were in the news section, we were going over some waiver wire transactions. Now, the episode before, we had some trades, and the last two trades were done by Adam. And so Adam had been... Uh, not as present in the off season and then came on and made some trades. And that was really nice to see. But uh, the episode MVP typically goes to whoever made the most trades. Well, guess what? Adam was not done. Since our last uh, episode, we have had a bunch of trades. Uh, We'll see how many there were in a second. I think there was like nine, but uh, maybe 10. Adam had four trades. BT had three. I think Wolf had had two. We'll find out all about that in a second. But so for making the most trades uh, of this um, time period between episodes, the episode MVP goes to Adam.
Well, that is my favorite interlude, and this is my favorite segment, so it's perfect. It is time to get to the news, and I love when we have lots of trades to get to in the news. And now, we our last episode, oh, I didn't look it up. Let's see. It was after week two, and so we just finished week six. So it was four weeks ago uh, to the day, and uh, in that four weeks, we had a bunch of trades we did not have any in between the last two episodes, which makes sense, though, considering that was there was only one week between episodes. And actually, I think only like five days um, between recordings as I don't start talking fast. Stay slow. I remember the last time, too, I was trying to finish the recording before her dance class was over. And I'm realizing today I'm going to go at an appropriate pace and we'll finish when I finish. Uh, anyway, let's go ahead and look at the trades uh, we had a, let's see, we had a trade uh, on August 31st was where we left off. And that was the trade just to jog our memory. Uh, oh yeah, that's a good memory, a good trade to jog our memory with. We finished off talking about uh, Adam getting Dak, Gallup, and Damian Pierce, uh, while BT got Herbert and Palmer. So that's where we left off and, and keep that trade in mind as we get going. Uh, we had a little bit of a, I won't do the spoiler alert, but anyway, we went 27 days without a trade. Um, and then we started back up. Uh, it was a little sign of things to come, just a little appetizer, nothing incredibly exciting. Uh, but we did have Booby and Wolfit making a trade where, uh, Booby received Jared Goff and bought Goff for a 2024 third, um, let's see. I don't know who, I don't remember who boobies. Oh, that's an, another thing we're going to be doing, uh, this particular episode, which has never been uh, done on the doghouse before is we've had episodes where I didn't have a script, but we never had an episode where I had absolutely no script at all, but I was in the regular season and was trying to see if we can pull off an episode unwritten but following the script. So we'll see. Uh, so there's gonna, there might be a little stalling here and there, like that moment right there, where I wanted to remind myself who Booby's quarterbacks were, and they are Kyler Murray and Tom Brady. Tom Brady, excuse me. So then he got Jared Goff. Uh, get a little bit of protection in there. And plus, let's not forget, this, this, week was, this trade was a few weeks ago, and a few weeks ago, Goff was doing absolutely incredible. Uh, he had, I think he had an off game a couple weeks ago and then they had the bye last week and he's Jared Golf and it's the Lions and so you know we don't think anything of them uh but don't be surprised if Jared Golf ends up playing a bigger role later on in the season anyway Golf for a third uh, like I said just a little bit of a appetizer because then that was just holding us over until we had a run of one two three four five six trades in the last four or five days including a trade on October 15th between BT and Wolfit. And this was when Bo uh, BT from Wolfit, <laughs> try, interesting when you try to say those two names at the same time, uh, Wolfit receives uh, two seconds and he sends Antonio Gibson to BT. So BT gets Antonio Gibson uh this was on October 15th, so what are we talking, earlier this last week? I don't know if he had played yet in his game where he seeded a bunch of carries. I don't think he had. I think, I, think he, um, I think his most recent outing 
where he only had the one drive was right after the trade. But I will say just my own as a Brian Robinson owner, I think Brian Robinson was kind of gifted that touchdown and all of those carries. I don't think he actually necessarily earned them other than working his way back from getting shot. Um, immediately after the game, Ron Rivera said he's going to get Antonio Gibson more involved, as well he should. Gibson looked really good on the first, uh, or the only drive that he was given. So while I know things aren't looking amazing for Gibson in Washington, um, who knows if he stays in Washington, I think Gibson, the player, still has juice. I like it, BT. I have Gibson in my other league. I mean, I'm not willing to play him right now, but dynasty-wise, and this is a dynasty league as we know, I like it going forward. Um, I like the player overall, and therefore I like the trade. For two seconds, seems fair to me. I didn't put it in a calculator, not going to. There's a, tw- there's a 24 second, so who knows what that'll look like. That's Wolfitz. And then a 23 second, which is Jason Kelly's. So I would say you know it's not going to be an early. It would be a late or a mid. Basically, if so, uh, no one's guaranteed to have a late pick because that is saying that you won specifically on week 15. And so who is us to say that we, our guys won't shit the bet on week 15. And then all of a sudden you're in the fifth tournament instead of going for the money shot bull presented by pornhub.com. So we have the two seconds, uh, going to Wolf it. Good job. Wolf it. Uh, nice return on Gibson who would be looking as a declining asset, uh, to many right now. Uh, I like, I like both sides of the trade. Fantastic. How's my speed going? Oh, wait, you guys can't hear me or talked back to me. You can hear me. I hope. I hope you can hear me. You can't respond. You can respond. I just can't hear you. The next trade, you like that stall? The next trade was between, nope, me neither. The next trade is between Rick Pierce and Adam. Here's one of the Adam picks. Now, it starts off big because it looks like it is Geno Smith for a first round pick. Adam does get Geno Smith. And Rick does get a 2024 first, but Adam also gets two seconds. So it was fascinating how they decided to, that, that Pierce apparently wanted the first, but then I'm just assuming here, but then Adam, in addition to getting a quarterback uh, and, and, and also Geno Smith has shown really well. He looks like he might actually have a chance to stick around in this league and do some things, uh, but then he gets two seconds. Uh, both are Pierce's seconds. So that 23 second is going to be an early second. We know that. So that's going to be anywhere from the 201 to the 204. Um, and so Geno Smith, a 23rd second and a 24th second is what Adam gets. And he does send over a first though. So there's Rick Pierce with another first. Another thing I like about this for Pierce is, first of all, Geno Smith doesn't mean anything to him for where he is in his, in his rebuild. Um, but then also, he, Pierce has a ton of picks. And so this is really one of those where you, he's packaging his quantity and getting back quality. Um, the 24 first, he's also banking on Adam not being able to turn his season around next year and that 24 first being a top four pick. Will it be? Who knows? A lot changes in one year. Uh, but I like that pick. I like it on both sides. I like Adam getting a couple seconds plus Gino. I think he needs the body bodies right now. And then things can shake out and he can make more moves later. And he will. All right. Let's go on to our next trade. And that one is between Austin and BT. And let's see what happened on this one. All right. BT bought David Njoku 
for my 23 second, uh, this is from Austin, and boobies 23 third. Uh, 23 third boobies, so that's going to be uh, probably a mid third. Uh, who knows, though? Could be a late third. Probably won't be an early third. Most, most, most likely. Uh, my second, uh, 23 second, but it should be a late. Again, it could be a mid. Um, no guarantees there. Uh, but if that is a mid, you know, that could be the 205. It was kind of like last year with me. Matter of fact, that might be the 23 second that I'm about to talk about. Yeah, this pick right here that got traded is the one that last year I was unwilling to give up for, um, you know, buying a, a rental running back for my run because I wasn't convinced that that wasn't going to be the 205. People say, oh, well, no, you have, it'll be, you know, you'll make it to the finals or at least the semis. It'll be, it'll be a late pick. It's like, again, that's assuming that my guys don't shit the bed on that one particular week. And then I, and then I do win the next two games. Uh, so that could be the 205. I'm hoping it's the 212, of course. Uh, but so BT gets a tight end. David Njoku, super athletic. It's never really lived up to his potential, uh, but he has really had, um, at least that was that one game where he was on national TV this week or this year and caught everything. Um, I think he's had a couple really good games and tight ends, you know, it, it's, he, I forget what his age is. It's he's well, I can just like actually look. Oh, he's only 26. He seems like he's been around a lot longer. He came in the league young. He was 21 when he entered the league. Um, so he's only 26. Uh, he jumps off the screen and really could have uh, a lot more uh, solid games in front of him and maybe even a nice solid career that goes for multiple years. Um, and it was worth a second and a third. Another another good trade. I like both sides. I also, in this moment, I'm just kind of appreciating that I think we've really, as a league, hit a sweet spot on trades where I think we all know what the values are. We all know, and, and we all know how to utilize our rosters, take advantage of other people, other rosters, strengths and weaknesses, um, and really balancing out plans, right? So the rebuilding team versus the retooling team uh, versus the going for it now teams and really kind of um, knowing the values, knowing these guys, knowing the not just the guys and the players, but knowing us um, as managers. And I, I think we've kind of found a sweet spot. Um, and if not, I'm just going to say that we did anyway because there's no way to prove me wrong. Uh, so that was Najoku for a second and a third. And let's move on. Oh, we're more than halfway through. Uh, let's get to our final three trades. Uh, they are all from Adam, and this is exactly how you end up as the episode MVP. The first one, this was on the 16th, so a few days ago still, uh, was between, uh, yeah, on the 16th, was between Austin and Adam. Uh, so Austin turned around and made another trade. It's not uncommon for you to see two trades in a row involve one of the same parties. I think we make a trade, we get that dopamine rush and that like sense of accomplishment that goes along with it. And then we're a little better at making another trade happen using the energy that we have. I see it all the time. Um, and this is a, this is a, another good example. I mean, shoot. So if you look at the two trades that we ended the last um, 
uh, segment on or uh, episode on, they both involved Adam. The two previous trades before that both involved me. Then you go back up here. The next two trades both involved uh, BT. The next trade, uh, we skip one, but then the next two involve Austin. Adam's in that one, and then Adam's in the next three as well, or the next two after that as well. So I, I, I and that also reminds me of the Michael Thomas trade. The Michael Thomas trade was uh, the Michael Thomas for Diggs trade that Booby and I did. What started that entire trade was Booby had never made a trade or he made one lame trade and we were all kind of noticing that he hadn't made a trade and kind of talking about it. And then he made a trade. I don't remember what the trade was, but I remember sitting in my bed looking at that and going, oh, he's got a big dopamine rush right now because this is a big trade. He did really well on that trade. It's one to be excited about. Let me go look and see who he has. And I saw Diggs and was like, oh, I have Josh Allen. I want that stack. And then I threw in Michael Thomas and, and a bunch of garbage uh, and it worked. Um, oh, Daryl Henderson isn't garbage, Will. That's not nice. Okay. Um, let's see. I might not have drank, but I might have uh, smoked a little bit in terms of easily distracted. All right, so our next trade is Austin getting a quarterback from Adam. Now, Adam just got Geno Smith, and he sends Austin Dak Prescott. And his return, oh, Adam gets a nice little haul back. He gets two seconds and a third. Two 24 seconds and a 23 third uh, for Dak Prescott. Now, Austin has, um, he's probably not really enjoying uh, watching Stafford do as poorly as he is. Um, for example, he's starting Heineke this week. I think he'll he'll put Dak in. Dak just got medically cleared today. Um, but his main quarterback is Stafford. And last year when he was the quarterback five, it was brilliant. And this year he's the quarterback 23, and it doesn't feel very brilliant. That being said, Austin is doing quite, quite well. Um, but one of the reasons why Austin is doing quite well this year is uh, he never, he's never not working, right? To quote a head and shoulders commercial. And so he's always tinkering. And this is a good example of one of those tinkers. No, nope, that's not a word. Um, and so he went and got himself Dak Prescott. He's going to be able to use him immediately, which means Heineke might be available actually for just a handful of bucks maybe. Um, but he got Dak, uh, Dak Prescott and two seconds and a third. Um, I didn't look up Austin's uh, draft picks that he's left with. Maybe I'll glance at that a little bit later on in the episode. Uh, but I do notice that there's Adam getting more bodies. So he just got two seconds and a third for Dak. And then let's remind ourselves what he had just gotten from Rick Pierce. In addition to Geno Smith, he also got two seconds. So he is just stacking, stacking, stacking second round picks. But he wasn't done yet. Adam, oh, there's Booby. Booby's making trades now. That's exciting. It's an incredibly, incredibly exciting trade. As Booby acquires Corey Davis. No. Yes, he, he acquires. Oh, his New York Jet. I get it. I get Corey Davis uh, for Daryl 1L Williams uh, and $10 Fab. I, another example of Fab rolls over. So 
you know, if you spend some fab, then you're going to want to try to get a little bit of it back. And this is a perfect a way to get it. Corey Davis, Williams, and a 10 in ten fab. I mean, I don't think there's anything else we need to say about that. What do we need to say? Corey Davis is Zach Wilson's favorite target, even though he's the Garrett Wilson eventually will become the best target. And I think Elijah Moore is a stud. Uh, Daryl Williams is battling injury, but he's behind James Conner. James Conner's always injured. He's currently injured. Um, so if Williams can get healthy, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see... Um, Game number two, Hensley, uh, Adam Hensley uh, knows that Williams is behind Connor, and Adam knows all about James Connor injury history. So I wouldn't be surprised if Adam is really just getting a handcuff to a running back uh, who gets injured a lot. In a, another example of getting all those bodies. All right, one last trade in this news segment, and it's a big one. It's the one that I wanted uh, you to remember when we first started, and I told you about the previous trade. I am pretty sure that's an eagle. Mm, that might have been an eagle. You know, that might be an osprey. That's too far to tell how big it actually was. Ooh, shiny. Anyway, the big trade that I'm excited about going over is Adam Hensley gets three seconds and two-thirds, five draft picks, five. So what's that, 10 draft picks just in three trades? Five draft picks, and who does he send back to BT? Well, it must be a big package, right? Nope, it's one player. Oh, it must be a stud, right? Well, it probably is a stud. It's Damian Pierce, and if that sounds familiar, it's because in the last episode... The last trade we covered, the first one I mentioned when we started here today, is Damian Pierce involved in a Adam and BT trade. So this was a little bit of a buyer's remorse. Um, I know uh, BT got in some running back trouble, uh, basically right after uh, right after the um, in that initial trade. I don't remember what his exact trouble was, um, but he did mention it in the chat or in the forum today. And so uh, he went back out and he sent some draft picks to Wolfit for Gibson and he sent uh, five draft picks for Pierce. Let's take a look at them. Uh, Ben's 23 second, Austin's 23 second, um, Rick's 23 third. So that's going to be an early third in a stacked draft. That might even be more like a regular second. A 24 second of Wyland and a 23 third of Needham. Um, Needham's kind of all over the place right now. He's his the rankings aren't is is he's, he's, he's gotten a little unlucky, and we're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, but anyway, that's another fantastic trade, and I appreciate um, you guys listening to me go over all of these trades. I love the news. I love going over trades. But it's also time to move on to the meat and bolts, the nuts and potatoes. On this week's episode, as we get to the meat and bolts, the nuts and potatoes, we are going to be doing a week five review. Uh, I find it interesting. Sometimes I say review and sometimes I say review as if I forget how to say the word and really at the last second am deciding what the correct answer is. If someone actually knows the correct answer, I'd love to hear it. Well, if we look at week five overall, it was actually a pretty down week offensively. We only had two teams that scored above our typical average. I don't know what our average was for this week, but our typical average 
across the history of the league is about 144. Um, we'd only had two players uh, who scored above them, so congrats to those two. We'll get to them in a quick second. Uh, we always start by rankings, and this week we had a very exciting matchup because it was the 5-0 Georgian Mexican Jaguars versus 5-0 Cardi B's team. Cardi's B team, excuse me. Uh, this was number one versus number two. This was me. This was Austin. And the final score was 144 for me to 136 for Austin. That sound means that Austin was Mr. Unlucky this week. Austin had the highest losing score at 136. A pretty average score for Mr. Unlucky. You didn't get totally, totally screwed. But like I said, scoring was down across the board. And so the high losing score was 136 for Austin. I was able to squeak out an eight-point victory. Um, let's see how I did it. Who was my MVP? Oh, well, while I would love to give it to Josh Allen for getting 30 points, I'm going to give it to Tyreek Hill for just under 33 points on 12 catches off of 15 targets for 177 yards. Oh, my goodness. I love that I drafted Tyreek Hill in the second round of our startup. Um, the bust you has got to be, well, I don't know. Let's see. Who is it? I guess it has to be Michael Carter. Uh, no, Michael Carter almost got six, which is not good. Jerry Judy only got eight. It's not good, but it's got to go to Matt Stafford for only getting 13. Um, he threw for, uh, one touchdown and one pick while uh, completing 26 passes for 253. I mean, yeah, no, 253, one and one is pretty bad. Um, I was going to say it's not horrible. 250 is not horrible if you do a little bit more elsewhere. And so that would be the best you. Let's see, who was my sneaky start? Uh, well, it was Gabe Davis, of course. I really only have one... Um, oh, no, that's right. Devontae Adams was on by. I had two spots for a possible sneaky start. Um, it would have been Jeff Wilson um, because he always gets 100 yards, except for he only got uh, one point this last game. So it will go to Gabe Davis. I don't. I know there's not a lot sneaky about Gabe Davis, um, but Higby got a point and Wilson got a point. My options are pretty limited. So let's give it to Gabe Davis who got a touchdown and 74 yards on three catches. Oh, I don't see a bonus here. I thought his touchdown was over 40 yards. It must not have been. But he is every single snap. He is a threat to go deep. Uh, I love the way he takes the top off the off the defense. It up, opens it up for digs as well. So I, I imagine Needham likes it. Uh, if we look at put me in coach, that would absolutely go to Brandon Ayuk. Yes, the namesake of Bad himself got eight catches on 83 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he got both touchdowns for the Niners. Niners had a pretty garbage day overall, but Brandon Ayuk surely did not. Not that you know I would have started him if I were Austin by any stretch. It's Ayuk's one of those players where it's tough. He doesn't give you 
a consistent floor. He does have these ceiling games, and so we know he has the ability to go off at any point. Um, I think he's uh, happy that Jimmy G is there. I think all the Niners were pass catchers are happy Jimmy G is there, and that's not really a anti-Trey Lance as much as they're used to Jimmy knowing how to get they know where they're getting the ball from Jimmy it's gonna be a little bit behind them it's not gonna be necessarily in stride but they know how to make the adjustment and another random thought I had while watching the Niners game uh last Sunday is (laughs) Debo's Debo's doing around and Jimmy had a couple nice passes on Sunday too don't get me wrong he always has a couple nice passes don't get me wrong he's not again he's not garbage but Debo's running across the middle and Jimmy throws it behind him, of course, and Debo just stops and then turns the opposite direction, catches the ball, and goes the other way. And I realize, oh, Jimmy's bad throws are one of the reasons why Debo can get so many yards after the catch because he's good at when he recognizes the flight path of the ball, making the adjustment so that he can also, you know, for, for the run after the catch. He'll drop one every once in a uh, once in a while, while thinking about making uh, what type of run play he's going to do. Uh, but anyway, that was just a random thought there. Brandon Ayuk is the uh, put me in coach. And so that leaves me in first place at 6-1. and one, uh, Excuse me, at 6-0. and oh, And that leaves uh, Austin in second place at 5-1. and one. At least I think these are the standings, uh, these current standings and not where they were here let's let's figure it out it's week seven is austin still in second yeah austin's still in second who moved whose place moved booby's place moved so booby's up to fourth so now if we go back to week six and look at uh, what in the scoreboard they say booby is fourth okay yeah so they're using current standings in there Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and figure out who the next, uh, I think Jason Kelly will go next. Uh, you know, actually, I'm just going to go in order uh, because I didn't write these down. So we're going we're gonna to break the norm. Uh, we're going to go over this next one very quickly. It was Adam versus Pierce. Uh, Pierce, wait, was this one where Pierce was trying to win? No, Pierce was not trying to win. He has two lineups, uh, a tanking lineup and a trying lineup because he's not just tanking in general. He's actually, it's a very specific strategy. So I do appreciate that a little bit. Um, But this was a tank, so he only scored 93 points. Adam put up 126. Uh, His MVP is D. Jackson. That's right, Deion Jackson. And I think I just got Booby's joke from earlier. Booby said this morning he was really he couldn't wait to see who was going to put the bid on Deshaun Jackson, and I just assumed Deshaun Jackson is you know there's some rumor that he's going to you know get signed by the Chiefs or or whatever. But now I think he was saying no, they would think they're getting Deion Jackson, and it's actually Deshaun Jackson because Deion Jackson's already taken. Maybe not. Maybe I'm giving too much credit to Booby, but I'm definitely going to give credit to Adam for playing Deion Jackson, who got him. 30 points, just a tad under, um, catching 10 balls on 10 targets for 79 yards, plus getting another 42 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Great game by Deion Jackson there. Um, The bust you is going to go to James Prochet. Sure, he's the wide receiver, 171. 
Um, he had less than two points on the entire season, so Rick was making sure that he got absolutely no points from at least one of his wide receivers. Um, he also got zero points uh, of flex for, for Rager and also got zero points with Moali Cox, although I don't think that was as purposeful. So thanks for, uh, well, like I said, it's a very specific tanking strategy, so I don't mean to belabor it. Um, the, let's see, what did we, who's the sneaky start? Well, Deion Jackson's the sneaky start, of course, uh, but we already mentioned him. Uh, Kittle's not very sneaky. Uh, he got 17 and a half from, uh, Derwin James. Oh yeah. I was, I was watching Derwin James make play after play. Um, he had a sack, 10 tackles and a quarterback hit for 18 points. I don't really see a sneaky start. Otherwise, maybe Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, yeah, let's give it to Dominic, the actual one. Don't give it to an IDP. Let's give it to Peoples-Jones on for getting 76 yards on uh, uh, four catches and one little carry. Um, the put-me-in coach, well, you know, I mean, the t- well, there was not a lot, actually. Uh, he really didn't leave a bunch on the bench, even with his tanking. So uh, the put-me-in coach would go to... I guess, no, not Bridgewater, because he put his regular quarterback in. Uh, it will go to uh, Drake London, who was able to get uh, seven points, three catches, 40 yards. Uh, so Pierce wasn't going to win, even if he was trying on that one, uh, which I said on the chat has been my experience in Austin's league. I keep thinking I need to tank, and then I don't, and then I just lose anyway, and then I realize I don't need to tank. I am the tank. Okay. The next... Uh, matchup was putting together the number five and number 10 seeds. Well, that's what they are now. I don't know what they were that day, Uh, but that would be Needham and Wyland. Always special when Needham and Wyland face off against each other as they have been bosom buddies forever and a day. Um, I believe Wolf had asked this morning if, uh, if they talked to each other before they talked to their own wives. Uh, I, there was a little offense taken, I think, um, but I didn't find it offensive. And I definitely talked to you guys before I talked to my wife. I talked to you guys before I talked to my wife, usually during and then after definitely as well. Uh, but this was a very good looking matchup on paper, but Needham came out guns a blazing and scored the highest points on the week on a very low week where there was not a lot of offense. Needham says, what are you talking about? As he puts up 171 and beats his brother from another mother by 40, a little less than 40, as Taylor Swift, Rick Weiland, puts up 131 and change. How did Needham do it exactly? Well, Joe Burrow got 39 points. Is that going to be our... No, we got to give it to Stephon Diggs. 34 points. I mean, Gabe Davis had a nice game. We mentioned Josh Allen, but Diggs was the main benefactor. Not often that you give up a guy like Diggs, who's the number one wide receiver, and you still like the trade that you made, Uh, but I do. Uh, Stephon Diggs getting 34 points because he scored, got 148 yards on 10 catches. So 10, 148, and 1. Well done, Diggs. Well done, Needham. Uh, The bust you has to go to Boone. Oh, Boone, Mike Boone. Dude, Denver's such a shit show. Oh my God, I dropped my phone. um, They're such a shit show. What exactly are they doing? Does any, I don't think they know what they're doing and I don't think it's going to get any better. And I think Hackett's going to lose his job 
by the end of this thing. Um, let's see. So Boone didn't even play at all. A lot of people thought he was going to. I thought he was going to. Latavius Murray was signed off the street. I know Latavius looked good in London for New Orleans or Baltimore, whoever, whatever team he was on for that one game. But still, he gets picked up off the street and Melvin Gordon's obviously going to be the guy that gets all the carries. Oh no, Melvin gets like five carries and, uh, What's his name? I can't even see. I can't remember his name. That's how ridiculous it was. Latavius Murray ends up getting all of the carries, and they're just a shit show. Boone was supposed to get some as well. He didn't any. Didn't get any. So he is the best you for this episode. The sneaky start would go to. Let's give it to Ramondre Stevenson. It's not really that sneaky. Um, everyone knew Ramondre was going to have a big week. Uh, but I don't think we've mentioned Stevenson a lot. I, as they were talking, or as I was seeing how good of a game Ramondre Stevenson had, I flashed back to when Ramondre first had his decent preseason game as a rookie, and I think it was Austin who said, this guy's going to be really good. Keep your eyes open. Uh, so he got 25 points because he got 76 yards and two touchdowns, plus another 15 yards through the air for a grand total of 91 yards. Nice game by Ramondre. I think there's going to be more of that to come. Put me in coach is going to be not a lot of points on Rick's bench. Jeez, not a lot of points at all. IDP got 12. Evan Ingram got nine. Uh, So let's give it to Evan Ingram, right? Like, I mean, you got to kind of hold your breath when you do that. Um, Kyle Pitts got 11 so it uh, wasn't like he got he was outscored by the guy on the bench but we got to give the put me in coach to someone so Evan Ingram how did he get all nine of those points he caught five balls oh watch out go get him on redraft Evan Ingram got targeted six times and brought in five for 40 yards not a bad showing for Evan Ingram remember what we thought he was gonna be after that rookie year uh, did we do all of them for this one? I think we did. I think we're good to go. Let's go ahead and move on to the next on our list, which was BT versus Jason Kelly. This was a big match. We had Jason Kelly coming in in third place. BT trying to do something. I think he was in 10th place coming into this match, if I remember correctly. And Jason Kelly did not have a very good game but it probably wouldn't have mattered. He might have just been going for Mr. Unlucky because BT had the second highest score, putting up over 160 points to Jason's 101 to secure the victory. BT needed that victory. We were talking in the forum today about how I think there are nine teams that could win the whole thing. So that means one of those teams is not even going to make the playoffs. Uh, They're likely going to get the first pick in next year's draft. And then I think we'll be a top four seed the next year, considering I think they literally have what it takes to win this year. Who am I talking about? I don't know. But I know that there are nine teams that I think can beat me on any given Sunday and therefore can definitely win this league. As the champ and current high scorer, I get to say that. Um, The MVP for BT was Pittman. Oh, thank God. I have him in another league that my I'm garbage in three leagues but my only redraft league that costs more I'm in third place in that's one with Jason and Adam 
And so my two most important leagues I'm doing well in, and the other three leagues I am doing horrible, horrible, horrible. But I did have Pittman, so I was very pleased with his performance as well. He got 29.5 points for us because he caught 13 balls for 134. When you're averaging 10 yards a, carry, a catch and you're getting 13, you know you had a good game. Uh, get in the end zone and you really had a great game. So nice uh, start by Pittman. And let's see, who is going to be our bust you? I see three points. Oh, it's got to be Melvin Gordon. Oh, we talked about it. We talked about exactly why. Three carries on eight yards. Bust you. I mean, this is a real bust you as well. Because it wasn't like, oh, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm starting a guy because I'm a little desperate. But he could find the end zone and anything can happen. No. Javante's gone. Latavius was off the practice squad. Boone is never scared of anyone. It was going to be Melvin Gordon getting 18 to 20 carries and easily flirting with 100 yards. And instead, he gets benched and gets three carries for eight yards. Ridiculous. Um, let's see. Who was the sneaky start? His IDP got 23 points, two sacks, nine tackles, a pass defended, and two quarterbacks hits. Let's give it to him. Who else was in there? Anyone sneaky? Um, no, no one else really sneaky putting up big points. So, yeah, we'll give it to the IDPs. We got to give the IDPs some love here. You know, especially since we just kind of accept, like, oh, the IDPs always get 10, and sometimes some of them go off and, and get 15 to 20, but, you know, 5 to 15, kind of ho-hum. Uh, but IDPs... We've seen them win games. We've seen them win matches. And it's probably just a matter of time before the IDP is the one that actually takes home a title for someone. Uh, let's see. Who was the best you? We did that. Who was the sneaky start? We did that. So who was the put-me-in coach? Let's take a look at Jason's bench. Well, Kenyon Drake, of course. No. Oh, wow. He had two big scores on the bench. It should have been Kenyon Drake was his 23 points on 127 total yards on only 10 carries. 10 carries and one catch, 11 touches, 119 yards for Kenyon Drake. I mean, this guy, what an enigma he is. But the actual uh, put me in coach is Juju because he had 113 yards and a long touchdown. He had two long catches. So he got a bunch of bonus points in there. His five catches uh, combined with the other stats got him 30 points. Now, the one play was ridiculous he got the super long touchdown because whoever they were playing just decided oh buffalo i guess they just decided they weren't going to tackle him i'm actually not remembering the play right now but i remember it was pretty fluky um i'm surely not suggesting uh that kelly should have played juju um but that's how put me in coaches work right the player says to play him and we're like mm, i don't know if that would have been a good idea just because you did well we have two matches remaining. Every once in a while, I keep checking back in with my pace and wondering if I've been going Micro Machines version, and then I slow down. Who knows? Maybe I've, my pace has been fine the whole time. I don't actually find out until after I post it. One of the fun things about the doghouse. Speaking of another fun thing about the doghouse is we're doing a week six review, and we have Wolfit versus Stanley. Wolfit comes out the victor, one twenty six to ninety three. How did he do it? Well, Ken Walker got twenty one points. I liked that. I had him in that other league as well. Uh, how did he do it? Well, he got one hundred and ten total yards and. Ken Walker is good. 
He was drafted to be behind. Don't forget, when he was drafted, Chris Carson was still making his comeback. Now, maybe Seattle knew he was never going to play again. It was his neck. Um, but technically, he came in as the third guy, uh, really the rookie understudy as Rashad Penny and Chris Carson. But Chris Carson never played again. Rashad Penny got hurt, as we know, as he always does. And now it is Ken Walker's backfield all to himself. He got 20 and a half points, and that's good for MVP of this match. The bust you has got to be, I only got one point from an IDP, but let's look up, oh, Tyler Lockett. You know, Lockett and I think DK, I don't think DK did anything either. Um, uh, Gino had a bad game last week. Seattle, uh, or it wasn't bad, at least wasn't great. It was supposed to be a crazy big high-scoring game, Seattle and Arizona, because neither team likes to play defense. But that is not exactly uh, what happened. It ended up being a 19-9 game. I think we all wanted the same um, game that Detroit and Seattle had, uh, where they, you know, they the total scored points was like 98 or something like that. So the bust, you Tyler Lockett, two catches for a measly 17 yards. That sucks. Okay. And who is the put-me-in coach? Nope, let's do the sneaky start. The sneaky start is, let's give it to Devontae Smith. Now, I don't even know if Devontae Smith is sneaky anymore. He's actually been performing with some consistency a little bit. I think he's actually pretty boomer bust in general this year. I think he's going uh, this is his second year, if I remember correctly. I think he's going to be a very consistent receiver in this league. Um, but he's been pretty boomer bust, if I remember correctly. Uh, he only got 44 yards this week on five catches, but he did find the end zone, which was good for 15 points. So well done, Devontae Smith. Uh, and well done, Wolfett, for sticking him in there. And the put-me-in coach, freaking Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan gets 30 points. I was just in another league. I was trying to make some trades. And I was, I was trying to do a quarterback thing. And I said, why do you even have Matt Ryan on your roster? Get rid of him. Well, this is why you have Matt Ryan on your roster. Because he completed 42 passes for 389 yards and three touchdowns. Good for 30 points. Freaking Matt Ryan. I guess he does have a little bit left in him. Or I have an idea. Throw it to Pittman more. I think what we're actually seeing is they just want to hand the ball off to Taylor, but since they didn't have Taylor to hand it off to, that's why they were forcing the ball uh, downfield. I think they should have a little bit more balanced attack and throw to Pittman more. We have our closest game. Our narrowest victory is this last one that we will be discussing, and that was between Booby and Rose. How did Rob O do compared to Ben? Rob won 134 to 130. That's right. He had a we had a 30 point lead, 28 point lead going into Monday night, and Austin Eckler put a little scare into him as Austin Eckler uh, got 24 points on uh, 14 carries for 36 yards, but 10 ca- and a touchdown, but 10 catches for 47 yards. So that I remember put a scare into Booby. I remember asking him in the chat, Booby, are you nervous? And he said, I have been all day. Well, Austin, I was hearing footsteps from Austin. So my response was, yeah, me too. Anyway, how did he win with his 134? Well, let's take a look. It's kind of balanced scoring, but the high scorer of the position players uh, was Justin Jefferson. 
I'm not counting the quarterback a position player. I don't know if that's accurate. Um, Jefferson got 170, 107, excuse me, 107, not 170, 107 yards, including a long catch uh, off of six catches, good for 20 points. Didn't quite get to do the gritty, didn't find the end zone, so didn't have the monster, monster game, but still 20 points, very nice and good enough for MVP of this match. Let's see, who is the best you for Rose? Is it going to be CEH? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a couple to choose from. Cole Komet only got two and a half points, one catch on 15 yards. I'm going to go ahead and not give it to him because the Chicago passing game is just a freaking mess right now. Justin Fields, I can't figure out if he's garbage or not. The other, the other night I said, hey, you know, he kind of looks good. And I was thinking of like, a couple of passes and then I saw the highlights later and it was just like oh yeah that's right he sucked on like a bunch of other plays before then <laughs> a little recency bias there um so speaking of bias I'm not going to give it to Komet because my expectations are so low for him especially when compared to who I am going to give the bust you to that's CEH bust you big high supposed to be high scoring game with Buffalo ended up not being that high scoring it was definitely more passing, but no dump-offs to CEH. So he only got 33 yards, and that's only good for three points. Bust you, CEH. All right, who is the sneaky start for Booby? Kamara's uh, not sneaky. Um, I mean, Daryl Henderson got 13 points. Let's give it to Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders has been pretty up and down. And so you play him, you don't know if, the, and against a really good Dallas defense. So that was a little gutsy to play Miles Sanders. I'm not going to look and see who he didn't play. Uh, but what did Miles Sanders do? He got 72 yards and a touchdown. Not bad at all. Not a bad day at the office. Fran, the put me in coach as we look at Ben's bench is, oh, that one's easy. It's Lazard. Why? Because, well, he just had the same game as Sanders did. Uh, if not other than a yard or two. Lazard was 76 yards and a touchdown uh, on four catches. Good for 17 points. And also good enough for the um, uh, 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 put me in coach. As you can tell, my brain already moved on to the next thing. Just to wrap things up, I think I'm going to start doing this as well. Let's go through that weekly report. Again, Needham scored the most points. Of course, Pierce scored the least. Uh, but when you're trying to score the least, and then you do, that's a success, right? Uh, the best quarterback was Burrow at 38. Uh, Adams Jackson was 29 points, the best running back. Wyland's Jamar Chase was the best wide receiver at 38. And BT's Mark Andrews was the best tight end at 26. I don't care about bench warmers. We already did Mr. Unlucky. Don't uh, care about the efficiency stuff that the weekly report does. And so let's go ahead and see where does that leave us going into week seven? Well, in week seven, you the standings go. Me, Austin, Jason, Booby, Needham, Ben, Wolfit, Stanley, and BT, Wyland, Adam, and Rick rounding out the bottom. This week, looking ahead, we have number one, me, versus number three, Jason Kelly. That should be a really good one. Who else do we have? We have Wylan and Adam battling it out at the 10 and 11 seed. Rose and Stanley at six and eight. That can be interesting as Rose is trying to 
show that those two high scores weren't a fluke and he can be a top four team. And I think Stanley's going to be um, on the bottom three here uh, eventually. Who else do we have? We have Needham with the bye week. Um, oh, wait. Oh, no. I think Pierce is trying this week. Uh, so Needham has uh, Pierce. And Adam already says he has Wyland. Or I already said Austin has BT. All right. So that was a very brief week seven preview, at least in terms of matchups. But that is going to be the end of our week five review. Nope. Week six review. We didn't do a week five review, unfortunately. Yeah, I just didn't get to it. Uh, but that's the end of the review. Let's go ahead and review an old trade. Well, that music means that it is time for us to review an old trade. And I just went and looked it up. Hadn't looked at which trade we were going to be doing. Uh, I had to start with the last one that we finished up with. And it was in November of 2020. And it was the David Montgomery trade. Remember that involved Devin Singletary. Why? Because every trade in LOC must uh, use Devin Singletary in it. He has a minimum of six trades per year, and we absolutely met our quota this year. I'm really proud of you guys. Uh, if we look to the next trade, this is also from November of 2020. Remember, we just go in order here, but guess what? This is the last trade of the 2020 season. I actually like had to double check and I was like, why, why, why did it stop? And it's like, well, well, we have what's called a trade deadline, you see? And so this was the final trade in the 2020 season uh, before we got into our playoff push. And it was between Austin and Wyland. And it's a good one because Austin receives David Njoku who then he just sent over to BT today, if I remember, or this, or I think we discussed it today. Um, that sounds relatively familiar. I hope you uh, were paying attention the first part of the episode. Pretty sure we went, talked about him. Apparently I wasn't. But this is a big trade because it was Najoku for A.J. Brown. Wow. I can't believe that A.J. Brown. Oh, wait, nope. That's not A.J. Brown. That's Antonio Brown. Well, you know... It is, uh, it, it makes sense, uh, honest mistake, right? Um, real stud wide receiver uh, named A. Brown. But this was for Antonio Brown. Now, remember, this was in November 2020 uh, when Antonio Brown had moved over to the Bucks and was doing quite well. Now, we all remember how that ended uh, for Antonio Brown as well for Rick Wyland when he literally quit football in the middle of, of the Money Shot Bowl presented by Pornstub.com. Uh, Pornstub. Pornhub.com. StubHub. Um, StubHub. Dude, tickets for Warriors Hawks in March on StubHub, the cheapest right now, are 180 a seat for nosebleeds. I was like, oh, I guess we won't be going to a Warriors game when they come to Georgia. I'm not paying $1,000 to bring my kids there so they can like not even want to be there uh anyway uh pornhub.com uh and that's when antonio brown decided to quit football and the other side note i'll say about this because i mean look uh, antonio brown helped rick wyland do not get me wrong he helped rick wyland and just like uh one of the expressions in this house of georgia giveth and georgia taketh so does antonio brown and um he gave uh, Rick, some nice points and some nice performances, and he also took 
uh, some points and a chance at a championship from Rick. Um, so uh, Wyland's not very impressed by that man, um, nor really should he be. I was on uh, Twitter, which is very rare, and there this was right after, I don't know if, if you guys heard, but Antonio Brown uh, exposed his genitalia at a hotel. Um, he was at some resort and was just completely buck naked wearing only, um, the birthday suit God gave him plus a lot of jewelry. And I think he might've been even like, uh, grabbing at it and, and, uh, not just naked. Um, I don't know if he was arrested. I don't, I think they just asked him to cover up and leave the pool or what, what have you. But that, as that news came out, I just happened to be on Twitter and someone was like, please don't ever forget that before the, what, the, what was that guy's name? Like Vontaze Burfinkt or something. The guy from Cincinnati that apparently destroyed Antonio Brown's brain. Before that hit, this is what AB used to sound like. And it was a clip from AB when he was like a second or third year and he was articulate and freaking humble and classy and I was like oh my god your brain is just scrambled now because I heard his interview after he quit and his lawyer had to sit next to him because he couldn't string two sentences together and I guess I just remember that we never heard much from Antonio Brown that he never got in trouble and then all of a sudden he did but I couldn't say what he actually sounded like and oh my god the difference from then to now is is actually just sad so uh, his CTE is definitely acting up on him. I don't think that's going to end well either. I think that's, pr- I'm going to go with, uh, I don't want to call it suicide, but it's not going to end well. Anyway, that was the old trade, Njoku for Brown. And not only does that wrap up this segment, but that wraps up the 2020 uh, version of reviewing old trades. And uh, we will start with 2021 for the next episode. But before we go, we have one last thing. We got the random stat. All right, now, as you can tell, especially since I didn't write anything, you know that the random stat is just going to be our average score for the week. It's one of my favorite things to keep an eye on. This segment is basically just the average score, but sometimes I like to be able to take it out a little different direction, and also we have to have it in the offseason, and so it's random stat. But we said scoring was low. The average score this week was under 130 that's right it was 129 and some change it was a low scoring week for us but again it was a low scoring week for the nfl and has been a low scoring week this through this week maybe this is the random stat Uh, i put it on the forum earlier this week i don't know where i heard it where i stole it from i think i just heard it on sirius xm in the morning when i bring the kids to school but there have been through this date uh i think this was like after uh Thursday, no, what was it? After Monday Night Football. So on Tuesday. So after uh, six full weeks, there have been 110 less touchdowns this year in the NFL compared to last year. If you'd like to uh, hear more, read more about our debate on where that came from, go ahead and scroll up until you break your finger and then you might have gotten all the way back to yesterday afternoon. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. I appreciate you. Look, We are awesome. You are awesome for listening. And with that, cue music. We're out of here.
Oh, record scratch. By the way, it really was an eagle. As I was looking back, as I was as I was uh, uh, saving that segment, I, it came back by and I saw the tail uh, and how exactly large it was. It wasn't an osprey. We did get visited by a bald eagle during the recording of this episode of the Doghouse. So with that, cue music, we're out of here. Mm-hmm.